What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? I had no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It's a trade show on Wednesday and a schedule show. Get a lot of questions this time of year. Tis the season. Who's got the best playoff schedule? Who's got the worst playoff schedule? I already gave you the DSTs that I like going forward on Monday's show, but today we'll talk about mostly quarterbacks and running backs, a little bit of wide receiver, and the schedules that you need to know about. Most traded player is... What do you think? Most traded player. He's got a great last name. Inspirational last name. There's nobody in the league named Azer, is there? No, but you're on the, the right track. Inspirational last name? Devontae Adams. Adams, that's right. The only thing better than one Adam is multiple Adams. Devontae Adams is our most traded player. Tony Pollard is second. CJ Stroud is third. We're also going to preview Thursday Night Football, by the way. But let's get it to get into our favorite buy lows and our favorite sell highs. And if I could te- just a tease on the schedule segment. Travis Etienne, Ken Walker, and Saquon Barkley. Kind of hate all of their schedules, especially Ken Walker. Talk about that a little bit later. Well, I mean, the schedule is really going to crush Barkley. That's the thing that's holding back. I mean, look, you got the bad situation for Barkley, and then on top of it, you get New Orleans in week 16, no, 15, Philadelphia in week 16, and the Rams have actually been top 10 against running backs in week 17. That's just a terrible combination. Prior to that, I was just so super excited about him. Well, you don't think it matters at all? You don't think it you know, like, just doesn't matter? <laughs> at, this, at this point, it's just kind of like, yeah, okay, Barkley, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I don't, I'm, not, I'm not, like, enthused about it, but it'd, just, it'd be great if he had good matchups. Anyway, um, favorite buy low? Who's, who's ready? Who wants to go? I'll yeah. go. Yeah, me. Heath will go. Heath. Marquise Brown. Okay. Awesome one. There you go. Uh, no, I think he was on the list last week and only got four targets in his first game with Kyler. Kyler missed him on what should have been an easy touchdown. Um, I, I I think that uh, Marquise Brown will still be the number one target for Kyler Murray rest of the season, still be in that 25% target share range, still be a top 15, top 20 wide receiver for the rest of the year. Okay, Dave. I think the more obvious one is Devontae Smith who has put together a couple of good games lately. We know that there's not going to be any 
Dallas Goddard for a couple of weeks. And what happened last year when there was no Dallas Goddard? We saw Devontae Smith explode. He was awesome. And so I would imagine that he's the perfect guy to to go and try and acquire at a at a decent discount, not necessarily a, a great discount, but he could finish the year as a wide receiver one. Okay, so I actually just crunched the numbers on this a little bit this morning, a lot this morning, actually. And the difference between God, the Goddard injury last year, not the injury, but the, the, the receiver roles last year versus this year before the Goddard injury. And I did this because you guys actually are pretty different in your rankings of Devontae Smith, where Dave and Jamie have him in the top 10 this week, and Heath has him something like 21st against the Kansas City Chiefs, who have been terrific against wide receivers. Um, but we should talk about this. First of all, you said a couple weeks. Are we not thinking that they're going to put him on IR? Is that not a guarantee? No. Okay. I don't think it's a guarantee. Okay. It's possible still. They didn't have to do it before the bye week. But I, I think that there's a chance that he actually ev- evades IR, misses three games, and is back for a fourth game. When would that be? Uh, week 14. All right. So, so I just want to give the the pre-Dallas Goddard injury target shares in each of the last two years. And he got hurt in week 10, by the way, both both years. Uh, in 2022, A.J. Brown, I'm going to round up for simplicity, uh, 29%. Devontae Smith, 24%. Dallas Goddard, 21%. This year, A.J. Brown, 32.4%. So way up. Smith down to 21% from 24% last year before the Goddard injury. And Goddard's target share down this year from 21% to 18.3%. They are throwing to their running backs more. They're throwing to their running backs more. Now, they are throwing more, about three and a half more pass attempts per game. But you wonder about the Goddard impact. I mean, look, I'm hopeful, right? I'm really hopeful for Devontae Smith that this will be a big deal. Goddard has seven red zone targets. Smith has two. So maybe that helps. But um, it's just Goddard was a bigger part of the passing game last year uh, than he was this year. And so was Smith at, at this point. I don't know. So your thoughts? Does it matter? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it matters, you know, but I still think that, you know, you 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 have some data points to go off of when Goddard was missing that should benefit Devontae Smith to whatever degree is going to benefit him. You know, so whether it's he plays like he did last year or he just gets a little bit better, uh, a little bit more attention, a little bit more opportunities, and, and that's what you're hoping for. We've, we've seen the same thing in Cincinnati with Jamar Chase with the alpha number one becoming even more of an alpha number one in terms of target share. And I think it was a Ben Gretsch yesterday, Dave, that was tweeting about this, how this is kind of happening more around the league. We're seeing a higher percentage of targets going to the number one wide receiver yep. than we have in past years. Yep. Um, so I do think that that lowers Smith's upside a little bit. I, I would expect him to be a, a, a right in that Marquise Brown range rest of season, wide receiver 15 to 20. Okay. Uh, all right. And I don't know how much higher A.J. <laughs> Brown's target share could get. 32.4%, man. Uh, all right. So that's a AJ, that's a Devontae Smith for Dave, Marquise Brown for Heath. Jamie, who's a buy low for you? Uh, Jerome Ford. Uh, schedule gets very favorable coming up. And I think you can get him, obviously, cheaper than some of these other players, potentially. Um, just knowing that he's still sharing with Kareem Hunt and... That could scare some people off. But I think if you look at it, whenever they've been in some tough spots, uh, fourth quarter, they've leaned on Jerome Ford more than they leaned on Kareem Hunt. And I still think at this point, he's the preferred guy between the 20s, whether he loses those touchdown opportunities, the hunt remains to be seen consistently, at least. Um, and he's been better in the passing game. So uh, if you can you know, just find somebody that's got Ford on their bench or somebody that's just looking to maybe make a move some somewhat lateral, potentially, uh, you can get Jerome Ford, I think, cheap and, and could pay some big dividends. So if I had Tony Pollard and I wanted Jerome, okay, no. What's the difference? Like, who do you like better? I'm going to assume you're going to say Pollard, but how much of a difference is there? <laughs> I mean, I hope it's Pollard. My God. <laughs> right, me too. Um, I, you know, look, it. how much of a difference is it? I mean, Ford's been better. That's the scary thing about yeah. this. Um, I hope this is a big Pollard week. That's, you know, kind of what this should be. I've got so them probably, four spots not on the trade chart. I would not make that trade for this week, but, you know, it could be, be a mistake. I was thinking of the Pam Beasley meme. They're the same picture. 
I don't I don't know that there's like I don't I don't think I would make that trade either way. Uh, I've already got that guy. I mean this is where like maybe perception of Ken Walker is so high, but his you know, he's got he has got five straight matchups against teams that are top ten against running backs. San Francisco twice, Dallas, the Rams, and the Eagles. And then he gets the Titans in week 16, which is, you know, Titans have actually been bad, but they have a history of being really good, or they've been okay. So, like, if you could turn Ken Walker into Ford and something, it might be something that you want to do. Speaking of the Titans, and I know we're going to try not to debate which defenses matter and all that stuff on this show, but I do think it's one of the more difficult years for this what we're going to try to do with the, the the schedules. Like the Titans are not a good matchup for quarterbacks, right? No. And you know what? I brought that up because CJ Stroud faces them twice in the fantasy playoffs. So he's in the notes and they have not been. And then you just wonder, like, do you even believe that they, they haven't been a, a tough matchup for quarterbacks for so long. And they traded Kevin Byard. They should be a layup. But they haven't been. There's something like 11th best or something like that against quarterbacks. I did not include There's only been th- as a good matchup. Three times all season that a quarterback's thrown multiple touchdown passes against them. And only once since week three that a quarterback's gone over 255 yards. I think it's, first off, they've obviously done much better than we expected. I think part of it is their run defense has been much worse than we expected. That was always supposed to be their best strength, and that has not been the case this season. Teams have run on them. I do think, though, there's opportunities here. Like I'm not sitting CJ Stroud against the Titans because of what they've done. Right. right. But I will sit Trevor Lawrence against them because of what he's done. Right. Yeah. I always looked, have they shut down any good quarterbacks? So I would say not really. Uh, Herbert had 26 points. Deshaun Watson had 24. Joe Burrow had four. That was a terrible game. Um, but that was week four. He was obviously playing hurt. I remember the Mar- Lamar Jackson game. That was in England. He scored 18 points. They got inside the 10-yard line 30 times and scored, you know, they couldn't score a touchdown. Uh, Baker Mayfield had 22 points. So I look at it as partially a, a schedule thing. They haven't they haven't done great against the good quarterbacks, the Titans, that is. All right, right. Uh, let me talk to you about our live stream Thursday night. We'll get you ready for the game. We set your lineups. We have a good time. We eat yogurt. And that's YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. Live at 7.30 p.m. on Monday night and on Thursday night. And then 11 a.m. Oh on Sunday. What? Sorry to interrupt. We have breaking news. We do. What do we have? Deshaun Watson will be placed on season-ending injured reserve with a high ankle sprain in his left ankle. And he has discomfort in his right shoulder. And MRI a broken bone in his shoulder. Huh? Broken bone in his shoulder. Yes, a displaced fracture to the glenoid. Okay. Adam, oh you'll God. tell us about the glenoid. Um, oh, no. Yeah. He, Here's he a statement from the Browns. requires immediate surgical repair to avoid further structural damage. Yeah. He- John Watson's season's over. Wow. Wow. Oh, gosh. Well, that is... Uh, well, that stinks. Um, okay, bad news for Mari Cooper. Jamie, are we still buying low on Jerome Ford? Not lower. (laughs) (laughs) How about that? Um, Let's see what Jerome Ford did in the P.J. Walker games. He was good. What were the P.J. Walker games? Uh, Not Baltimore the first time around because that was DTR. Um, San Francisco, Indianapolis, and Seattle. Is that it? Yeah, but he he missed one of those games, right? If I'm not mistaken. Who Ford did? Yeah. Well, this is riveting stuff. No, Ford did not. Ford was supposed to. The Thanks, Seattle Dave, game. for that text message. We <laughs> <laughs> just doing that to have fun. So we we uh we usually <laughs> just a little behind the scenes. We um we email every Monday. Dave does a great job of starting the list of who's who's in, who's out for the week. And then as the week goes on, we just text each other. Oh, this guy's in, this guy's out. <laughs> they just texted me and he, Deshaun Watson out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So San Francisco, uh, it was three games with PJ Walker and Jerome Ford had 17 carries for 84 yards and two catches for seven yards against San Francisco, 11 fantasy points uh, at Indianapolis. He had 11 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown and two catches for 20 yards for 17.4 points. And then Seattle game, I think, is the one that nobody expected Ford to play, and it was a three-way split, and he had only 10 touches and 4.9 fantasy points. 
I don't really have much to go on here. Um, I don't think it's good for anyone. If Deshaun Watson's out. And is it maybe it's fine for David Njoku? Yeah. Yeah. Njoku was good, good with, uh, with Walker. And look, Cooper wasn't horrible. He wasn't great, but he wasn't horrible. Let's see. Yeah, I thought, well, he was really bad if you include the uh, Thompson-Robinson game, but we won't. So he had a, no, okay, he had 108 yards against the Diners. He had 22 yards at Indianapolis, and he had 89 yards at Seattle. Right. So two games with uh, about 15 points. How many touchdowns? Zero. And that's going to be a problem. problem. Yep. For sure. All right. Uh, who's your favorite sell high? Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you make the case that Rashad White is a sell high? Last four games, I think 16 plus touches in each, 90 plus total yards in each. Uh, still doesn't have consistent efficiency. Doesn't mean that he's a bad fancy running back. This is not sell him for whatever you can get. But can you turn him into a better player, potentially at a different position? Can you turn him into Devontae Smith? Can you turn him into Garrett Wilson? Could you turn him into Michael Pittman? Can you upgrade at running back? I, I think now's the time to try and do that if you want to try and sell high on Rashad White. Would you trade him for Brees Hall? In a heartbeat. Yep. I mean, you say that, but Brees Hall's been pretty terrible lately. At least the heartbeat. Okay. Boom. It's over. Make the trade. Okay. Uh, all right. Rashad White is Dave's suggestion. So get something big for Rashad White. Heath? Uh, it's still the Dolphins in the fantasy playoffs. They play three defenses that all rank in the top four in terms of yards per play. Bottom four, if you're talking about good for offenses, but and the top seven in terms of total fantasy total points allowed this season. The Jets, the Cowboys, the Ravens. Any way you slice it, three of the best defenses in the NFL. Worst case scenario, week 17 fantasy championship at Baltimore. All right, Jamie, who's your favorite sell high? Uh, not my favorite, but I was just thinking this through a little bit. Do we, do we sell Travis Kelsey with how teams have been defending the Chiefs lately? Knowing that you still get great value in return for him? Well, if there was ever a time to do it, it would be in a year where there's full tight end production. Right, that's the, that's the thought. It's like, can you turn Travis Kelsey into Dalton Kincaid and something else or Sam Laporta and something else? That would be the plan, right. And just the it, fact that it really that, comes again, down to what that something else is. Well, I'm mean, Rashad White and Sam Laporta, you know, like something like that. You're in the ballpark. Brees Hall and Sam Laporta. I mean, you know, it, it, shoot as high as you want to, but I'm just saying, like, there, there, there's an opportunity here for two things. One, you said it. There's tight ends aplenty for the first time ever. McBride, throw him in there too. You know, these these op, these guys that have stepped up lately and performed well, and hopefully will continue to. But also, there's been now two straight games of a game plan of teams trying to negate him and if that's the case because no one respects this receiving core can everybody do that i don't think so but they may try and you're seeing Mahomes go different directions well right. look i think people teams have been trying to take him away for a long time and they and they never can the denver game is one i don't really count like Mahomes was was sick and they were all terrible the miami game was was clearly a bad game but it's only two year two games this season with more than 70 yards for kelsey uh, you know, and he, you know he was dealing with a knee injury earlier. So your point is taken there. It hasn't had the typical Travis Kelsey season. Um, now, I guess my my follow up question would be: as we talk about sell high and we talk about tight end, how are we feeling right now about Kincaid and McBride, and who might be affected if Knox and or Ertz come back? Right. I'm more That's worried about Knox than Ertz. Yep. Maybe. Yeah. Not really. Um. It's like the Bills, are they really going to go away from Kincaid at this point? Their season basically fell apart when Dawson Knox got hurt. Uh, if, if that's the way you want to frame it, <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, I've been wondering that too because they used Why did to... we miss the playoffs in 2023? Well, Dawson Knox broke his wrist. Well, but no, they go back to their two tight end sets and, and you know, Knox is somewhat of a factor. I, I could see this making a difference. And obviously, yeah, no, definitely could hurt. I mean, same thing with Ertz, but. I still think, again, you're looking at where these teams are and what they're trying to, I think, accomplish. And, you know, as the Cardinals featuring or continuing to lean on Zach Ertz, smart for their future? No, that one, I... And and for know. the Bills, like, Dawson Knox is going to solve their offensive woes? Like, 
maybe he's a red zone threat. Okay, that takes away the touchdown potential of Dalton Kincaid. I just can't see Kincaid's role being diminished. Okay, that will be our sell high segment. I, I think if you make that Kelsey move and you're going to downgrade at tight end, just think through the tight end. And it's not just those two, but Detroit, Sam Laporta. It, first of all, Laporta only has one end zone target this year. That's just kind of crazy to me how good he's been. Only one end zone target. But they could become a running team pretty quickly here that could take targets away from everybody except for St. Brown, who's he's just going to get his from week to week. Hawkinson will eventually have Justin Jefferson back. There's other tight ends that we could bring up that, that could be hurt by other players coming back. So what looks like a great tight end group right now and just unbelievable production, some of these guys could be affected by other players coming back. So if you make the Kelsey move or if you trade for any of these tight ends, whatever the deal is, think through just what the floor could become when their situation changes upon their return. Well, it's also, again, you're, you're looking to add something to that because Kelsey for those tight ends. Oh, yeah, up, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so you got to get it's significant piece good. plus tight end to give away Kelsey. Now, I, I traded for Kelsey prior to the Denver game. It was I lost Waller. It's a keeper league, so I traded Cooper Cup and Darren Waller for was before he was on IR. But Cup and Waller were keepers. Kelsey was not. So I traded those two for for Kelsey. Um, I don't have buyer's remorse by any stretch, but, you know, it's – a little frustrating to, to, to see what's unfolded the last two games. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Bills and firing Ken Dorsey. We'll talk about uh, Justin Fields. Got an update on him. We'll get into the schedules, the Thursday night game, the Worryometer. It's Worryometer Wednesday. I think I forgot to tell you that. Be very worried. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Here we go. News and notes. The Bills fired offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. And named, what'd you say? That'll fix it. (laughs) (laughs) You wonder, I I mean, is his play calling somewhat contributing to all these interceptions? Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, But it's a shame because obviously they're going to play better. And then he's going to look even worse. But it's like they probably were going to play better even if he stayed the coordinator. Anyway, Joe Brady is the interim offensive coordinator. They're at the Jets this week or home against the Jets this week. Uh, I don't need the Magic 8-Ball this week. I'm just going to tell you, Gabe Davis has faced the Jets seven times. He has one game with more than 39 yards, and he has never scored against the Jets. So Sit Gabe Davis? No way. <laughs> so let's just see if the 8-Ball agrees. Should I sit Gabe Davis this week? Very likely. Thank you. This 8-Ball's been pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Nick Chubb had a second knee surgery. This time to repair his ACL, he had MCL surgery. Now it's ACL surgery. That's pretty late. I mean, it's a lot later than when the injury happened. Yep. So that's not good. It was a pretty serious injury. Uh, Justin Fields is expected to play this week at Detroit. The Raiders claimed cornerback Jack Jones, who the Patriots just released. The Jets released Michael Carter. Jalen Warren was announced as Pittsburgh's starting running back. Dave, what do you make uh, of this? He Okay, here's what it happened. Here's what had happened. Tomlin was asked about why Jalen Warren was introduced to the Steelers fans during player introductions. And Tomlin just, 
explained that he likes to throw his players a bone when they're working hard in practice. He he will let them be introduced. So, you know, it's the starting lineup introductions. There's loud music. There's there's smoke. There's all that stuff. That's how Warren was introduced. He was introduced as a starter. Starting the first five at plays running were all Najee Harris last week. Jalen Warren. That's how Man, it I'd sounded like... in Pittsburgh. But in the game, you didn't see Jalen Warren until the sixth play of the game. He did not start. He is not the Steelers starter. It is a bad headline, uh, a clickbait as it uh, were. Gotcha. I, I mean, I'd like to have hear that one one more time. At running Starter back. Keith Cummings. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd be fun. <laughs> Next At year the, for the Draft-a-thon, have Adam Azer introduce you by name. Oh, yeah. We'll send that'd be you fun. a video of him saying your name. <laughs> Keith Farmer. <laughs> All right. Back to the from notes. Ohio. Denzel Perryman is suspended three games, starting linebacker for the Texans. He's terrible. Been a little too rough. What's terrible? That was terrible. What's was? terrible? What? It, he. It wasn't even that bad of a hit. I didn't see it, but it's a repeat thing. He keeps doing it. Apparently, it's been well. A week. Do wide receivers keep just falling down right in front of him as he's diving at them? I do get a little frustrated. And oh, you know what? I didn't go on my rant. Um, I've gone on this. Adams rant. rant. <laughs> I'm what my least favorite thing in in football is the pass interference on the horribly underthrown ball, which is how the Bills beat the, which is how the Broncos beat the Bills uh, two nights ago. I I just can't stand it. I don't know what these defensive backs are supposed to do. They're chasing the wide receiver. The ball is five yards underthrown. The wide You're receiver supposed to stops. see the ball. Okay, but you know what? It, it's, it's impossible. It's, it's, no, it's not. No, it is. I mean, look, if you're if you're trailing in coverage, what are you going to throw a flag on them because they were trailing in coverage? It's basically what happens. You have more incentive to underthrow the ball. You make a terrible throw. You get a pass interference. It's a spot foul, which is stupid to begin with. It should be a 15-yard penalty. College has it right. I I, I hate that pass Do you know how much ball. more pass interference we would see in you, the NFL if it was 15 two, years? You have two varieties. This is easy. You have the intentional pass interference with the spot foul, and you yeah. have the... You know, just whatever. What we need is it. to give the officials more discretion in it, calling yes, rules. It, that, that, yeah, that, no. They'll make better decisions. I am tired of seeing games decided on underthrown, poorly thrown footballs and bailout <laughs> pass interference calls. I'm, I hate it. I've hated it for years. It's the pass interference is is, is the most decisive game changing penalty in football, and it happens too much on bad throws. I can't stand it. All right. Anyway, not, you mean the, the the Bills that have had probably three or four. Obvious pass interference calls at the end of games. They finally got called for one. <laughs> yeah, ex- yes, exactly. But this was, you know, it wasn't a bad call. It's a bad rule. A Minnesota it, just line. Just turn around. You can't turn around. You know how much easier? When the receiver turns around, you turn around. Th- right, you just turn your head. You're running full speed. So no. is the receiver. No, the, the receiver <laughs> sees the ball. The receiver has like three seconds head start to turn around. If he has a three-second head start, then he deserves to be You're in trouble. No, he's looking back at the quarterback, I'm saying. He's got the head start. He's got his eyes. You know what? I'm They're running the this. same direction. Why is one of them looking back at the quarterback They're not, and the other one cannot? Because one of them is looking at the quarterback. The other one is chasing the receiver and looking at the receiver. Then he deserves to be beat or penalized because he, he just he, made he a bad not, play. He does not deserve that. No. Yes, he does. It happens too often. It is impossible. We're making it impossible, impossible for players to play defensive back. And all these penalties when guys are going downward in a downward motion and you're trying to hit them in the midsection, you end up hitting them in the helmet because they're moving down. It's, it's impossible. It's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, Minnesota linebacker Jordan Hicks is on IR. And Baltimore, as we look at the Thursday night ma- uh, game. Oh, get out of here, Chuck. He's, he's he's had a lot worse, a lot worse. Sorry, I'm trying to. No, you you're not, you're out of here, Heath. I'll control this. Uh, I'll control the chat. Well, don't, don't 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 push me. Ooh. <laughs> All right, uh, Baltimore left tackle Ronnie Stanley and cornerback Marlon Humphrey missed practice. Humphrey missed the first four games of the season. Did not really affect Baltimore's defense too much. We know T. Higgins is likely out. Sam Hubbard uh, for Cincinnati. He missed practice, but Trey Hendrickson was limited. Those are two pass rushers. And Zay Jones was arrested on domestic battery charges on Monday. Um, so obviously not a good situation there. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about uh schedules. 
And yeah, look, some of us are going to make more of this than others. I understand. Heath's probably not going to be so into this segment, which is totally fine. And I'm excited I, about it. I don't really. I mean, I think you should take everything with a grain of salt. Always. I, I don't think this is this is gospel here. I don't think that everyone that's listed as having a good schedule is going to be great. And I think in three weeks we could look at matchups completely differently than we do now. So I recognize that. Um, I think one of the questions is though: Is Philadelphia a good matchup? for wide receivers and quarterbacks? Because I, I think it absolutely is, and you guys might not. What do you think? It certainly is, based on what we've seen so far. We'll find out if uh, the crappiest quarterback in the world, according to you, can take advantage of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Patrick Mahomes uh, this week. If he has a bad game, he might have to change his underwear. That's right. He's wearing the same pair of underwear every week. I don't believe that. Why not? I just don't believe it. it sounds you just, just like don't want to believe it. No, I just don't believe it. I think well, it's I don't think about it. Who cares? I mean, he he washes it. No, they're just they're just looking for different talking points. I mean, did Michael Jordan do the same okay. thing? Did he? He wore his North Carolina shorts under his. He wore gear. that's not underwear. That's just shorts underneath his gear, his NBA gear. Don't you don't you insult Michael Jordan in front of Dave. never not on this show? <laughs> Who insulted him? <laughs> you basically you insinuate that he never changed his underwear. Yeah, it's worse for a basketball player. Okay, anyway, the man was a spokesman for Haynes. All right, so Dave and I, Dave also does the schedule. You can check out his rest of season's uh, strength of schedule at Sportsline. Promo code Dave. No, promo code Richard. Please. Promo Thank code you. Richard. Um, and we have no we, we have a lot of similarities in who we think has good schedules and bad. Mostly agree? Mostly agree. I think when it comes to the Eagles, the, the difference is I think the secondary isn't playing up to expectations. I think the pass rush is is going to be fine. And so when I do the projected strength of schedule for quarterbacks, pass rush accounts for half the grade. Mm-hmm. I, I think that impacts quarterback just as much, if not more, than the other side of the ball after it's thrown. So I, I've got them with like a top seven-ish pass rush grade, but definitely closer to the middle of the pack as far as pass coverage for Philadelphia. So I can buy into the Eagles secondary not being great and allowing some throws to be completed more than we would have expected last year. But I think that pass rush is still going to be good. And that's why I don't think the Eagles matchup is necessarily um, mega favorable for any quarterback that they play the rest of the year, including Mahomes this week. Yeah, so I basically the entire exercise is just fantasy points allowed and then with a little bit of discretion. You know, teams that are playing better than they were earlier in the season or worse than they were, those types of things. But it's mostly just based on what the fantasy points allowed uh, are saying. So there's only one quarterback that has two top six matchups in the fantasy playoffs, and that is two teams that are giving up, you know, the sixth most fantasy points or more to quarterbacks, and that's Kyler Murray. He has Chicago in Week 16 and Philadelphia in Week 17. You know, I think his schedule for the most part is fine. There is a buy in there. There's San Francisco, which is a tough matchup in week 15. But Kyler finishes with Chicago and Philadelphia both on the road. I like Justin Fields' schedule, even though he gets Cleveland. And I'll tell you the teams that I think are, are good matchups for quarterbacks. Washington, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Chicago, and Tampa Bay. I think the only one in there that you could debate is Philadelphia, but Washington, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Chicago, Tampa Bay, Detroit looks pretty good as a matchup. Like they're not good, uh, you know, against quarterbacks. Detroit looks like a good matchup. Jacksonville, and I would say Arizona is another team that I that I included in there too. They so, should be yes. I like Justin Fields' schedule. He gets Detroit twice. He gets Arizona and Atlanta in the last two. Oh, I guess he does. I guess he is another one that has. Um, I'm sorry. So it's so. All right, Fields. Fields has a very good week seven, week 16 and 17. Russell Wilson, his last four games are, and I'm not including week 18 in any of this, by the way. Russell good, Wilson, Chargers, Lions, Patriots, Chargers. Very favorable schedule down the stretch for Wilson. I like Dak Prescott's schedule a lot because he's got, in addition to some good matchups on paper, he's got high-scoring teams on the schedule. Um, so Dak could finish strong. And we talked about it last week, and it so far came true. Brock Purdy, great schedule. It began last oh. week. But Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, Arizona, Washington, they're still on the schedule. He's got Seattle twice, which is interesting. They were terrible. They got better. So let's call that a neutral matchup. I don't know. But Purdy's got a good schedule. So again, Kyler, Fields, Wilson, Dak, and Purdy are the quarterbacks that I think have good schedules going forward. 
Okay, so if I agree with most of them, I do worry about Dallas's schedule in weeks fifteen through seventeen. Um, who do they have? They've got Buffalo, Bills, Miami, Detroit, Miami, and Detroit. I don't think it makes a difference. Like this is where eventually we're going to talk about players who you just start no matter who they play. I think Dak's at a different level right now. He could be taking on anybody. You're starting Dak Prescott. Uh, I agree with you on fields. He's got a top 10 projected schedule for the fantasy playoffs. I agree with you uh, on Denver for the fantasy playoffs, not necessarily for the rest of the season. Right. Um, Purdy, I definitely agree with. So, like, that's a good one. That's a quarterback that people could probably trade for on the cheap. Uh, third easiest projected schedule weeks 15 through 17, seventh easiest projected schedule the rest of the season. Absolutely think that he can come through. You're just hoping that everybody else in San Francisco stays healthy, including Debo, including Trent Williams and the rest of that offensive line. Okay. Should we move on, Heath, or did you have something to add? So no, we can move on. All right. Uh, running backs with good schedules. Bijan Robinson. Finishes with Carolina, Indianapolis, and Chicago. That's his playoff schedule. It's not great second easiest that. projected schedule for any running back. Josh Jacobs is kind of an up and down schedule, and he'll be interesting to see when they have negative game scripts. How much is O'Connell going to throw to him? But uh, he gets the Chargers and the Colts in the fantasy playoffs. And actually, the Colts are kind of tough because they're twenty eighth against running backs, but they're missing Grover Stewart. They're missing. They they had a little bit of no Jair Alexander. I'm not uh, sorry, Zaire Franklin. So they might not be a layup, but as of now, Josh Jacobs has two extremely favorable matchups in the playoffs. Austin Eckler has a great schedule. DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is kind of tough now, but the playoffs are Seattle, the Giants, and the Cardinals. Those teams are 27th, 21st, and 30th against running backs. Seattle, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Giants are getting worse. Seattle might be getting better because of Leonard Williams on both sides of that. But that's my, I don't have a ton of running backs with great schedules, but I have Robinson, Eckler, and Swift in the playoffs. Jacob's kind of up and down, but some good playoff matchups. I'm in lockstep with you on all of these. Take a look at Kansas City's schedule. Certainly the playoffs. Okay, what do we got? But but overall, well, they, they end the season with uh, New England, Las Vegas, and Cincy. That's well, it's not the end of the season. That's weeks 15 through seven. That's the fantasy, the end of the fantasy season. Yeah, yeah. Fourth easiest projected schedule for running backs overall, starting this week through the rest of the way. First easiest mm-hmm. schedule. Absolutely love the idea of acquiring Isaiah Pacheco, who shouldn't carry heavy value coming off of his buy, but should be the guy in Kansas City. Heath, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, at least 15 touches for the majority of the games moving forward. And as an added bonus, Jarek McKinnon has seemed to matter as a red zone option for Kansas City late in the year. He's someone you could grab off waivers now and stash and possibly use in those week 15 through 17 matchups. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's almost Jared McKinnon time. Like, we got to get through this week and then Thanksgiving week, and then hmm. Jared McKinnon put, puts up his Christmas lights and, and starts scoring two touchdowns every week. Well, actually, so Pacheco has a terrible matchup this week. The Eagles, I think, are the worst matchup. But then it's Las Vegas, they're 25th, Green Bay 26th, Buffalo 24th, and then you get into the fantasy playoffs, which are still good. So after this week, Pacheco's schedule is terrific, and maybe you want to get him this week when people are looking at that Philadelphia matchup and not wanting to start him. All right, we go to the bad schedules now. Uh, Tua, bad schedule. It's got the Jets, the Cowboys, and the Ravens in the fantasy playoffs. He also has the Jets in two weeks. Um, Jared Goff. I think has a bad schedule, but it's weird because on paper it looks pretty good. He has Chicago twice more, which is great. But in the fantasy playoffs, he has Denver, Minnesota, and Dallas. This is a good call. Now, it's interesting, though, because, I mean, Denver, are they a bad matchup? They're giving up the fifth most points to quarterbacks, but they've turned their season around so much, and it's a home game. Then at so Minnesota, this is and then where you Dallas. have to forget about what you saw with the Broncos early on in the season. They've absolutely you could you saw it on Monday. Yeah, their defense has totally changed around. Getting Baron Browning back has helped their pass rush. Uh, Fabian Moreau made a great play in the secondary. They've improved their defense quite a bit, and so that's made them a tougher matchup. I agree that Goff's playoff schedule is difficult, but the way that he's been rolling, yeah, I would imagine that fantasy managers who make the playoffs with Goff will continue to start him. Trevor Lawrence, if you had any hope for him, you probably shouldn't. 
His last four matchups are Cleveland, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, which is great. And then week 17, it's Carolina, which just gets run on all the time. They give up the six fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Um, Aiden O'Connell I have is bad, but there's really it's a Devontae Adams question. Do you care? He faces the Chiefs twice. They've been really tough. Minnesota's getting better. Faces Miami this week. They might be tough now that they have their corners back. Yep. He's got a bye in there. So he's the most traded player, Devontae Adams, the most traded player in fantasy. You know, it's, it's it doesn't look like a bad schedule necessarily on paper, but it might not be such a good one. It's the bottom fifth projected strength of schedule. The oh. fifth, fifth toughest, I should say, for wide receivers the rest of the season. Wow. And that's just, it, it piles on to like what his situation is. And there's no question that what we saw from him against the Jets might be closer to a ceiling than the floor. I would guess that Devontae Adams will have one more big game the rest of the season. And then everything else will be right around 15 fantasy points. He's currently 21st among wide receivers on the trade chart and rest of season rankings. Okay. I guess the counter of that, I mean, he had six for 86 against the Jets. They give up the fewest fantasy points to receivers. That was a good game, and it was a game that they that they won. So, and they didn't throw that much. So if they start throwing, you know, 35 or more times, maybe, I mean, he did have 13 targets, but maybe he can get double-digit targets every week and it won't really matter. But you should at least know that Devontae does not have a great schedule. Um, I don't love this schedule for Stafford because uh, there's Cleveland, there's Baltimore, and New Orleans. But I don't know if this really matters for the Rams receivers uh, if Stafford's nope. playing, right? Because they move all over the place. and don't really matter, right? They have... I've got him projected for the easiest playoff schedule for wide receivers. Okay. Weeks awesome. 15 through 17. Oh, okay. Good to know. Good to know. The easiest. Cup and but it's, it's Their success is obviously tied to Stafford. If he's not there, I don't know if Carson Wentz is going to be able to get the job done. Geno Smith has um, San Francisco twice. This is not his playoff schedule, but going forward, he has San Francisco twice. He has Dallas and then he's got an interesting playoff schedule, Geno Smith. Philadelphia, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh. So it's... It's terrible. Okay. It's terrible. And it's really... It's bad for all the Seahawks. This could be a sell-high moment for all the Seahawks. Um, Kenneth Walker has the toughest projected strength of schedule for the rest of the season. And I just... Geno hasn't had a good year. He had a great fourth quarter last week. I can't imagine he's going to have many more big games. Um, Baker Mayfield does not have a great schedule going forward. San Francisco, the Colts, the Panthers, they're all top 10 against quarterbacks. Atlanta's a great matchup. In the playoffs, Green Bay is a tough matchup. They're third best. Jacksonville's a good matchup. New Orleans is average. Mike Evans, by the way, is facing New Orleans in Week 17. Should know that. <laughs> we'll see if Lattimore's back at that point. And that's basically all I got. I don't love Sam Howell's schedule. He has the Jets and the Niners in Week 16 and 17. It's not bad before that. But Sam Howell, that, that has, lowest. What's that? It's the worst projected schedule for quarterbacks in the playoffs. Anywhere, second worst for the playoffs, worst for the rest of the season. Okay, that's Sam Howell. All right, good to know. And he has a bye. Yeah, Heath. Nothing. No, look. If you don't want to participate, I agree. that's fine. But you know. Um. All right. You said Ken Walker. I'll get the running backs with bad matchups. Ken Walker. Yeah. Okay. So Dave is is on board with that. He just. It's just a terrible schedule for him. Um, how do you feel about ETN? ETN's got, in his last four games, he has Cleveland, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and then a great matchup against Carolina in Week 17. But I just uh, I don't, like it. I, I don't think it's great by any stretch. He's in the bottom half of projected strength of schedule toughness. Look, I know you guys are laughing over there. You're Feel free to jump in. I mean, you're, you're more than welcome to talk. So you don't have to mock the segment. People are interested. No one's in mocking the segment. I, I, you want me to ask you questions? You're having. You guys have been. You guys are having a conversation. I asked you if you had anything to say. You said no. <laughs> I, Jamie's not even looking, so I don't even know what to do. I like Jamie. How do you feel about Travis Etienne and his? I schedule? haven't been paying attention to Exactly. Yeah, I, I noticed. I noticed. So do you not care about who these players play? Like in the case no, of very Tua, for example. No, it don't patronize me. Uh, I'm not patronizing you. It's very interesting. I don't pay attention to it, but it's very interesting. All right. James Conner. <laughs> uh, kind of an interesting development with James Conner. He did not play on, on third down, really. He was didn't have his, the role we were hoping uh, last week. Maybe that was because it was his first game back. But in the fantasy playoffs, he faces the Niners, 
the Bears and the Eagles. So the Eagles are brutal. The Niners are the Niners. They, they haven't been themselves, but they're tough. And the Bears actually have a very good run defense, but they struggle in the passing game against running backs. So if Connor doesn't get that third down rollback, he could have a very a bad playoff schedule. Um, Bears running backs have a horrible schedule coming up. Like, horrible. They have to have the... The Bears running backs have to have the worst schedule, Dave. Uh, for the next four weeks, they have the second toughest schedule. In the fantasy playoffs, they're actually in the top 10. Um, really? They have Cleveland, who's sixth best, Arizona, who's terrible, and Atlanta, who's third best. Yeah, I don't think Atlanta is as tough as you think they are. Cleveland we'll is. And don't love Aaron Jones' schedule, but I think the headliners to me are Walker, Barkley, ETN, and Connor. And of those guys, which ones will you try and actively trade away because of their schedules? Walker. Or, wait, let me talk in Adam's language. Because of their schedules. <laughs> Walker and Barkley. For sure. And I think you'll have a hard time trading those guys. You're going to need to find a fantasy manager that needs running back help desperately. Well, I think the other thing that's difficult to do is like, how low are you willing to go? Yeah, like who is the, who is the who is the buy low running back that you think? Well, this guy's not been near as good as Ken Walker and Saquon Barkley, but I will trade them for him because the schedule is going to make them now better than Saquon Barkley or Ken Walker. You got a name in mind? No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I think the difficulty of trading those types of guys. Like I'm not yeah. trading those guys for Jerome Ford. No, but what no about chance. what about Pacheco? And you know, as it relates to this, segment? I would not. No, but you'll get him if you dangle him. You'll get Pacheco, but I wouldn't do that. I mean, I'm not so sure. Look, Pacheco rarely has the big game. We know that. He he almost is always capped at about 16 points. But why not trade Walker for Pacheco and Nico Collins or something? Is that a bad trade? It's not a bad trade, but you'd kind of hope to get more than that for Walker. Can we name three running backs? <laughs> I think Walker. I think there are a lot of alarm bells right now with Ken Walker. He, he, was, he had the big catch, 64-yard touchdown or something like that, but... It's been a rough stretch for him. Charbonnet's but they're not into, benching him. They're not sitting him. They're no not. Chance. You're not, or who's not? The Seahawks or fantasy? Seahawks Anyone. No, but but Charbonnet's played more snaps than him three straight games. And he's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's the injuries or what, but he's not really been great lately. He's been on the injury report three weeks in a row. He had a chest injury. I don't know. All right, all right, all right. But would you trade Kenneth Walker for Kyron Williams? No. 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 Okay. Would you trade him for A-Chan? Yes. No. Oh, to get A-Chan? I'm sorry. Yes. To get A-Chan or yeah. to get Kyron no, There's no A-Chan manager doing that. That's no the- chance, but I, I got to start somewhere. Okay. And you guys would rather have Walker than Williams. That's interesting to me. Uh, well, Rashad White, who I just talked about as a sell high. Who would you rather have rest of season? White. Heath? Yeah, I think White. PPR. Maybe White in full PPR, but not in half or none. Okay, Javante Williams. Javante. Yeah. yeah, Javante. Tony Pollard. Walker. Pollard. Okay, we've Pollard. got our scale. <laughs> I just, I just hate the schedule. If I'm, if I'm gonna put any stock, like, if you have Ken Walker and you get to the fantasy playoffs, you're probably gonna lose when he faces Philadelphia in week 15. You know, if like he just, I hate the schedule and I don't like what I'm seeing from him. But you're just you're talking about Tony Pollard. Yeah, like right. the luck's going to get a little better yeah, for Pollard. I, do I don't like I don't really like Tony Pollard. The thing, I, the reason that I would hesitate on Walker in terms of even matchups is, and it's like he had a stretch at the beginning of this year where he was kind of something different. But what he's mostly been is the guy that can take it to the house from anywhere on any play. And those are the types of guys that can get over against the Eagles or the Browns or whoever because they don't cons- they don't consistently get four and a half yards per carry, but they take it to the house once, and so it was a good start. And I I want to answer another thing too because I saw this in the comments a couple times about not caring about playoff schedule. It's not that at all. I have been saying I'm selling the Dolphins for a couple of weeks because I'm worried about their playoff schedule. I. I get lost in the weeds of, well, he has two good matchups and one bad matchup or or two bad matchups and one good. Like, I care about the most extremes, like the, the, the one or two 
best schedule and worst schedule. I think everything from like five to 25 in terms of matchups probably gets overblown. Agreed. hundred percent. Well, then how do you feel about the 49ers? They're 10th best against running. They're 10th were 10th best against running backs. Eh. I mean, they haven't been as good as they usually like. Are. They're a really good defense, and that matters to me a lot more too. That's why I the, and I agree with Dave on the Eagles thing. Like, they've been a great matchup for quarterbacks and wide receivers. I'm less confident they're going to continue to be one, especially coming off their bye. Well, I'm super confident that they're going to be a bad matchup for running backs, and that's you know what Barkley is dealing with. And but I mean, does Barkley again? I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. Does Barkley's schedule really going to change how you feel about the way him you're talking about Barkley? I'm shocked that you wouldn't trade him for Pacheco. You're basically saying Barkley sucks. I would trade him for Pacheco. Okay, good. Well, because you're really it has nothing to do with the schedule. It has to do with that the team sucks and he's going to struggle. The schedule doesn't help. I mean, like the team right. sucked against the Raiders, but, but I mean, went like out. this week is not a tough schedule. I'm not changing my opinion on him because it's the, this week's more favorable for him. But look, I don't. I think that. If you look at Barkley against the Raiders two weeks ago or against the Jets, who don't really have that great of a run defense and they don't have a good offense either, like he scored four, he scored 15.8 and 14.3 points, and those were both DeVito games. He scored seven points against the Cowboys. Like, maybe we should but be— But that's thinking- what I'm saying. Like, I'm not changing my opinion of Saquon because his schedule is going to be favorable or not favorable. But I just gave you, like, his toughest matchup was is by far his worst in the last three games with DeVito. His offensive line is falling apart more. His quarterback situation, I think, is not going to get any better. Everything's bad. Who knows? I, I mean, you, you've you been saying this for weeks. At what point do they shut him down? No, everything's like, why bad. Why is he going I, out there? I get it. Like, I, I don't I don't understand the schedule changing Saquon Barkley's outlook. And, and, and I think player. that's the last point. It goes from bad to worse. I don't think the schedule should be the ultimate differentiator for anybody. Like it, the, the, it's a good reason Except to the like pile on to Saquon and why Saquon <laughs> might not help you in fantasy the rest of the way, but it's not the end all be all. It's just another. It's just another data point. All right, listen, I, we we really need to pre- preview Thursday night football. I'm sorry it took this long. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Unfortunately, I think we're gonna have to scrap the worryometer, but we have a huge game tomorrow night. Cincinnati's at Baltimore, and we'll get to that after this break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. If you missed Monday's Beyond the Box score, if you can stash the Chiefs DST, they could potentially, I forgot to mention that in the schedule portion, they could potentially win your league. They get the Eagles this week. Raiders, Packers, Bills, and the playoffs is Patriots, Raiders, and then the Bengals. We can deal with that then. But the Chiefs have a great, great schedule, DST, and they're great, and they're really good DST uh, after this week with the Eagles. Dave, it's Thursday night football time. Nah, 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 nah. Nah. Cincinnati's at Baltimore. You got the the best defense in football. First in scoring, first in yards per play, most sacks in the NFL. And Cincinnati allows the second most yards per play in football. That is that is weird. And they get thrown, they get beat deep all the time. Baltimore's probably not going to do that against them. Um, your stat of the game, let's talk about Joe Burrow without T. Higgins. So Josh Dobbs is the only quarterback with more than 19.4 fantasy points against the Ravens. 
However, Joe Burrow in weeks eight and nine, he scored the most fantasy points of any quarterback against the 49ers, and he scored the most fantasy points of any quarterback this season against the Bills. So recently, he's been sort of matchup proof. Uh, anyway, start. Uh, how do you feel, uh, Jamie, about Joe Burrow this week? Not a top 12 quarterback. Uh, I think he's going to struggle. Uh, three straight games under 20 fantasy points against the Ravens. Two last year, one this year. You want to throw out this year's one, that's fine, you know, because he's still fighting through the calf injury at that point. But uh, Baltimore's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with what they do defensively. I think it's going to be tough for Burrow. So I don't think he's going to have a stinker of a game. I think he'll be right around 18 to 20 points, but probably just under that 20 point threshold. And so, like, I would start Sam Howell over him. I'd start Brock Purdy over him. I would start Kyler Murray over him. Um, I think those guys have more upside than Burrow does this week. This Ravens defense is legit, and they will make things uncomfortable for him. And I think he's going to have a little bit of a down game based on what we've seen the last three weeks. I, I would add Joshua Dobbs and Russell Wilson to that of guys I'm starting over Russell over Joe Burrow. Oh, Dobbs for sure. Wilson, I'm not there yet, but uh, Dobbs, yes. Ooh, Dave. You want to throw a little support here for Joe Burrow? I think you're the high guy. He's been playing great. I mean, I've got him ranked seventh, but that's in pencil. The matchup is absolutely tough. Um, And there's two ways that it could go. It could be a game where Joe Burrow has to throw and he gets production in garbage time, something like that. But it could also be a game where the Bengals are competitive, and the reason why they're competitive is because Burrow's throwing the ball. You said to yourself, he's been matchup. He went to San Francisco and put up huge numbers against the 49ers. I think it stinks that he's not going to have T. Higgins. He did great work last week with Tyler Boyd and Trenton Irwin. Tanner Hudson was a target for him in the first quarter. Jamar Chase is going to get huge numbers. I have a hard time putting Joe Burrow outside of my top 10, much less my top 12 or top 15 this week. Um, I don't know if he's going to stay at 7, because I think you can make the case for Purdy and Stroud to be way ahead of him. But I, I do think that he's got potential to have maybe not his best week of his last three or four weeks, but still a good week. Okay. I, I will say that like the the top twelve distinction, and Jamie said this, like I don't think it's going to be a stinker. I for me, this might be the the highest projected week at the quarterback position since week one or two, when I didn't realize how bad offense stinks in the NFL. Now, um, like I've got sixteen quarterbacks projected for twenty fantasy points. Yeah, so I I think Burrow probably scores in that twenty one ish range. Okay, well we only we don't have any good ones on by this week. That helps. We have Atlanta, Indianapolis, New England, and New Orleans on by. You like Burrow or Lamar Jackson? Well, I have Burrow higher. Lamar. Do you like Lamar Jackson this week? So I feel about Lamar the way that the fellas seem to feel about Burrow. That I'm, I, I think the Ravens can run their way to victory. I think this could be a good week for Gus Edwards again and for Keaton Mitchell if the Ravens are actually going to lean on him. And I think Lamar will run too. I don't know how much passing he's going to have to do. And we've seen him be feast or famine. It's either 30 fantasy points or 17. And I'd be, I'd lean a little bit closer to 17 against this defense and, and just the way that the Ravens are running people over. You tack on the fact that he lost his left tackle. That's going to hurt him in some passing situations. It'll pressure more. That might lead to more rushing numbers for Lamar, and I love that. But I just don't know if I can count on him to have one of those big games. No Hubbard, no Hendrickson is huge, absolutely huge for what the Bengals' defense has been so far this season. And I think Lamar is going to – if if there is an MVP statement game, this is the perfect time to have one because he's still in the discussion, and it could be with his legs, could be with him throwing the ball. I think he's going to have a big game against the – uh, Bengals here. I, I do think it's, and like philosophically, I don't necessarily disagree with Dave, like 17 or 30 comment. And I think it kind of defines Lamar Jackson, but I, like if I've got a guy who I think's probably 20 to 22 and a guy who I think 17 or 30, I'd prefer the guy who's 17 or 30. Okay. But you like, you like Kyler Murray, you like Russell Wilson, you like Brock Purdy. Are you starting them over uh, Lamar Jackson? I am not, but I would start Howell and Dobbs over Lamar. I would too. Okay. How he does have a better track record against his opponent than Burrow does. 24 plus in two of his past three against the Bengals. I think Coach Lou was there for all three of those games. How it's three games Giants. over three seasons. Howell gets the Giants and um, Dobbs is at Denver. 
which we just talked about. It's not really that good of a matchup anymore. It doesn't um, matter. It's Josh Dobbs. It is Josh Dobbs. I mean, <laughs> Josh matchup Dobbs, proof. Joe Burrow, Lamar God, Jackson. Uh, the, I, the irony of what the Browns are dealing with right now with Josh Dobbs is amazing. Right. Yeah. He started the year with them. Mm-hmm. Is it um, – we, we were talking about this on FFT Dynasty yesterday, Chris and I, and he said he thinks it's more likely now that Josh Dobbs starts week one for an NFL team next year than not. He may be the Viking starter. I mean, if yes. he gives them to the playoffs and a playoff run, they're not going to pay Kirk Cousins what they have to pay him. All right, guys. He could be a great giant starter. It could be. Nice stopgap. Yeah. Uh, while Caleb Williams gets ready. So, okay, we talked about the quarterbacks here. Is Joe Mixon a must start for you guys? Yes. In 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 the scheme of where the position's at, yes. Especially this week. Yeah. Tough running back week. He he's a top twenty running back. Yeah, I'm ranked too high. I've got him thirteenth right now. It's too high. All right. So how about Jerome Ford against Pittsburgh or Joe Mixon at Baltimore? Ford. 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 Interesting. I might take Mixon in PPR. How about I think Ford's been just as good a pass catcher lately, if not better? Well, they had one catch last week. Uh Jamie, I have to go back for Burrow. Or for Jackson, Hendrickson was listed as limited. Are you, would you change your ranking if he plays? Hubbard's not going to play, it seems. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, how about um, Derek Henry at Jacksonville or Joe Mixon? Mixon. Henry. Mixon. Brian Robinson against the Giants or Mixon? Robinson. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. Tyler Boyd or Joe Mixon? Boyd. Uh. Boyd in PPR. I have basically a coin flip in PPR mixing and everything else. It's funny. The Ravens, they're giving up 4.28 yards per carry to running backs. And we're in week 11 now. It's not that small of a sample anymore. They're like, they're not even close to as good against the run as they were last year. And they still have the same personnel. So you feel like they could flip the switch, but they just haven't been that good of a run defense. One thing, they, they just don't see a lot of carries. Only three running backs have more than 14 carries against Baltimore. But I don't know. I mean, like it's, is, it, is it that tough of a matchup? Like, you think it is, but is it? I think teams that can't run the ball effectively will go up against Baltimore and fall apart. Seattle is an example of that. Teams that have a strong offensive line can move guys off the line of scrimmage and have some speed behind it. They'll do well against Baltimore. That was Cleveland last week. I think it comes down to what type of a run game you have. And Mixon's been playing better, that offensive line for since he's been playing better. But I'm a little worried about him getting a lot of opportunities, and I'm worried about his efficiency in the matchup. All right, let's focus on Tyler Boyd here. Boyd with eight catches for 117 yards on 12 targets uh, against Houston last week. You do have to wonder. Joe Burrow threw, I think, 40 passes, and only six of them went to Jamar Chase. So how healthy was Chase last week? And, you know, is that why Boyd had such a big game? Because if you look at now five games over the last two seasons where T. Higgins has not played or barely played, here are the yards for Tyler Boyd. 33, 32, 0, 39, and 117. I mean, this was so out of character for Tyler Boyd. So, how much Heath, how much faith do you have in him? I think he's a borderline number two wide receiver, maybe a high end number three. You'd feel a little better about. It. I've got him projected for right around 12 and a half, 13 PPR fantasy points. Um, he has he has some significant upside, but there, if he had a game four for 30, it wouldn't be surprising. Okay. Um, are we starting Noah Brown. I know I asked you this yesterday. Noah Brown or uh, Tyler Boyd? Brown. I believe I have Boyd higher. As long as Nico's I out. have, yeah, Brown. If no Nico, Boyd. If well, we won't know that. We won't know. Let's Brown say Nico has I do have Brown higher. Let's say Nico hasn't practiced by Thursday. Then it's Brown. Okay. Um, it's Brown. PPR: Brian Robinson or Tyler Boyd. Robinson. Robinson. I'd lean Robinson too. All right. Um, they both had the same amount of catches last week, right? Six. Was it? Uh, Boyd Robinson had eight. No, Boyd had Robinson eight. had or Boyd had a ton. Boyd had eight. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And Trenton Irwin is just like if you're desperate, he's 
He's been bye week replacement receiver. Two good games without T. Higgins. Uh, uh, we're not going to start a tight end, right? We're not going to start Tanner Hudson for Cincinnati. We'll start Andrews, but uh, tight end premium should be added. Yeah, sure. All right, Lamar Jackson. We already talked about. How do we feel about Gus Edwards and Keaton Mitchell this week, uh, Jamie? I think they're both flexes. Uh, Edwards better in non PPR than he is in PPR. Um, you know they're gonna they're gonna take away from each other a little bit, which is unfortunate. And so we'll just see how much. It's gonna be whoever falls in the end zone at this point. They could both fall in the end zone, which is what happened last week, and that would be spectacular. And I don't think Mitchell fell. He ran. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> okay. he, Mitchell Mitchell does not fall into the end zone. Gus falls into the end zone. Almost all Gus of his touchdowns into have been the end zone. short That's yardage. Right. Mitchell is a, is a firecracker, obviously. But this is a bad run defense. Devin Singletary just ran for 150 yards and a touchdown. So, mm-hmm. Heath, who should I start Keaton Mitchell over? Um, I don't have any running backs you've been starting that I would start Keaton Mitchell over. I know they've talked about giving him more touches, but he's still like had three touches last week. <laughs> How about Would you like, start him over the over Panthers, Panthers running back? Yeah, the Panthers guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd start him over X Charbonnet and Miles Sanders and and Leo McLaughlin and and those guys. What about Antonio Gibson? Yeah, I was going to go there. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably still go Gibson. Gibson and PPR. <laughs> All right. Any interest in Zay Flowers this week? Number three receiver, maybe. Maybe a number three receiver. Yeah, he, the, he, the track record's simple, man. If the Ravens can run the ball, Zay Flowers doesn't have a, a huge game. Last week he had a decent game. I think that's what you have to hope for is 12 PPR points. Yeah, he doesn't do the things that really beat the Bengals, right? He doesn't go deep. That's what the Bengals' highest A dot against, um, most deep ball completions against. They are the commanders of the AFC. But what did he I would, I would say that I would still start flat. Like we talked about Trenton Irwin, like in a positive light. And now we're talking about Zay flowers sure. in a negative light, but I would much rather start oh, flowers than Trenton. Sure. Irwin. Oh, flowers yeah. is closer to Boyd than he is to Irwin. Right. He had four catches for 62 yards on five targets in the first game. Uh, he's in a slump right now, but I, actually I shouldn't say that he had five for 73 against Cleveland. Uh, he was in a slump before that, but yeah, I mean, you, you, he almost never scores and, usually in the 60-yard range. All right, and start Mark Andrews. And do you like the Ravens DST? I had I, Raven, I have a lot of Ravens DST, but I had a tough time deciding between them and the Commanders this week. Um, how do you guys feel about the Ravens DST? I wouldn't drop them. I'm still starting. I, I, yeah. I don't know that they're so beyond dropping if you don't like them this week because they have the Chargers next week and then a bye. And then in the playoffs, they have Jacksonville, San Francisco, and Miami. So I, Jacksonville's a layup matchup. Right, but the one. two after, you're going to hold Miami them for that matchup and then dump them for the Niners and the Dolphins? So, I'm probably just going to hold them and start them. I, don't, I, think, I think they could absolutely be good against the Dolphins. And this week, too. Could be good this week. Yeah, they're top 12 for me this week. All right, guys. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't get to Worryometer, and uh, I hope the schedule talk was was helpful. <laughs> uh, and uh, for those of you who listen, let us know if it was. If it wasn't helpful, we won't do it ever again. The chat loved it. No, look, I, I do it because I get a lot of questions about it. I think people right. people are into this, so um, hopefully it leads you to fantasy victory. It certainly will. We uh, we are out. We'll talk to you tomorrow with starter sit for the AFC home game. Bye. Serve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. Is far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+.